We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Takes a shot, runs into the box, shot, score! It's time for Atlanta Sucker Tonight. Tune in as Jason Longshore gives you insight and analysis on the beautiful game, including headlines from around the world of soccer. Rebound! Score! This is Atlanta Soccer Tonight, brought to you by Moe's Southwest Grill. Welcome to Moe's. Atlanta Soccer Tonight is on Sports Radio 92.9, The Game. Here's Jason Longshore. Let's kick it. Atlanta soccer tonight, live on 92.9 Game and the Odyssey app. I'm Jason Longshore. Welcome to our weekly show covering soccer in Atlanta and beyond. We're live Monday nights, usually 11 o'clock, but sometimes there's Hawks games on the West Coast, and we start at 1 a.m. These things do happen. You can subscribe to the Off the Woodwork folder wherever you get your podcasts, and you'll have it hand-delivered to you. I'm not going to hand you the file but you'll be able to listen to it whenever you want if you can't stay up late with us but if you're up late with us and you're listening hola you can tweet at me at long shoe we're going to talk about atlanta united and chattanooga fc from the weekend we're going to get caught up on silly season and rumors and innuendo and what moves could happen in mls some moves already have happened also we'll have the 343 in the final segment get caught up on local world and Beyond. But let's start with the match in Chattanooga. First preseason game of the year for Atlanta United. It was a weird one. 3-3 is the final. I said last week, the final score doesn't matter. There's things about this final score, though, that are good. You scored three goals. There's things about this final score that are not good. Conceded three goals in the first half. That's an issue. We're going to get into all of it right here. We're also going to hear from Gonzalo Pineda with some of his post-match thoughts. We did not have that on the full-time report after the match. So you're going to get to hear that here for the first time if you haven't seen the video that Atlanta United posted. So the first half had all six goals in it. The first goal, I'm honestly not worried about from an Atlanta United perspective because it's a simple individual mistake by Brad Kazan. Seventh minute. It's a misplay on a deflection where he's trying to prevent the corner, doesn't get control of it. Marcus Nagelstad pounces on it, puts it home. That's not a mistake you associate with Brad Kazan. It's not a mistake that you associate with regular season play. Do mistakes happen? Yes. This is not something that we've seen happen in the past. It's not something that I expect. Feels like a little bit of rust. 
maybe. Remember, Brad Gazan coming back from the Achilles injury. I'm not worried about it. Felt very fluky. Atlanta United, so their first goal. I did like how it came about. Machop Chol lost possession, regained it in the attacking third, played Andrew Gutman into the 18. Gutman earns the penalty. Luis Araujo slotted it home. That made it 1-1. I liked how that turned out. Machop Chol had some really good moments in this first 45. As he got tired later in the half, he had some big mistakes that he can't make. And he's got to be one of those players that gives you more consistency going forward. It feels very hot or cold for Machop Chol. He has the talent. He has the ability. And we saw him running at defenders quite a bit in this match. I loved it. I liked the defensive work to create this first goal. More consistency, though. Again, remember, you have players trying to build fitness here. So late in the half, when some of those mistakes came, were they fatigue-related, both physical and mental? That's something that hopefully we won't see as much of the rest of the preseason. Second goal. Again, this is kind of fluky, too. And this is Atlanta's goal, where Luis Adarujo, on a sprint, Jean-Antoine, the goalkeeper for Chattanooga, comes out. Deflection, it falls to Chol. He puts it home. Uh, yes, I'd like to see Luis Araujo aggressive like he was in this match at full speed running into the 18 on the dribble. Love that. The way the goal comes about, a little fluky. Maybe you're, you're on the fluky goal side, 1-1 at this point, 2-1 on the scoreboard for Atlanta United. Second goal for Chattanooga. Not entirely fluky, but there was a series of deflections that created it. Started with a great run down the right side by Damian Rodriguez, who we will talk about a good bit tonight. A great player from Dalton High School, professional with Chattanooga FC, 20 years old. He gave Andrew Gutman some bits as the first half went on. This was the first time he really stood up. Gets the cross in. The cross is dealt with okay, but not cleared. In general... When you have something like this where you have a deflection and a clearance that's blocked and the ball's bouncing around and then it ends up in the back of the net, you kind of chalk that up to some bad luck. The problem is we saw those kinds of goals given up by Atlanta United in 2022. So it brought back some bad memories, a little bit of PTSD right there. That can't happen. And that's something that Andrew Gutman and Gonzalo Pineda both talked about on Friday. Got to clear it one way or another. Got to get that thing into the stands. Got to get it across the state line. Whatever it takes, you can't concede that second goal. You can't let the ball sit inside your 18 for that long. It ended up being a really good finish from Marcus Nagelstad, and I don't want to take away from that because when he picks up control of the ball after how it felt like about 60 seconds or so of chaos, Nagelstad ends up, Really not much of an angle and puts it home really nicely done by Marcus Nagelstad for his second goal of the day. Atlanta United bounced back after a while. That was a 28th minute. Felt like at about the 30-minute mark, maybe 32, 33, all the legs for everybody started to go because both teams are building up fitness. Both teams, players come into this in varying levels uh, of fitness. And the game got really stretched. It got kind of weird there for about 10, 15 minutes. 
But Atlanta United was able to take the lead to go up 3-2. This is what it sounded like on our broadcast on 92.9 the game. Played up to the halfway line. Conway turns and fires it down the right wing, looking for Josetu to make a run. Getting there first, there was Perez. Back passing to Antoine, who sends it down the middle, and it's given away! And a goal by Luis Arrujo! Picking off Corrin at the edge of the six and ducking it home to give Atlanta United a 3-2 lead. Like Atlanta United's first goal, I like the transition from attacking to turnover to defending to creating an opportunity. That's something that we saw at times from Atlanta United last year. We saw it a good bit early. Think back to Tyler Wolf and his involvement in some of those sequences in the first half of the year. That's something that I need to see from Atlanta United consistently in 2023. It's something that Gonzalo Pineda wants. You want those transition moments. Of course, you'd love to have the goals with 20 passes strung together, working the ball from the goalkeeper. Everybody gets a touch and a beautiful finish. You'd love that every single time. Welcome to the real world. It doesn't happen. You've got to score some of these kinds of goals, too. And Luis Araujo. His defensive work is excellent, top-notch, and this is a a sequence where that happens. Jackson Conway, I thought, had the right decision to try to play Mateus Hosechu in. They're not on the same page, but Adarushu doesn't give up on the play, and it's individual pressure. He he notices the moment where he can jump in, take it from Ethan Corrin, does, puts it home. Atlanta United goes up 3-2. Two minutes later... That man, Damian Rodriguez, struck again. This is what it sounded like. McGrath to take the free kick on the right wing, about 40 yards from goal. Arms extended and sending it up to Nagelstad. It flicks it off to Rodriguez on the near touchline. He tries to spin away from Goodman and does. And now dribbles to the right edge of the 18. Here's Rodriguez all the way in with the cross. Score! McGrath! Chattanooga equalizes again! What a run from Damian Rodriguez. This one was even better than the first one. Beat Gutman, and I think the issue here that Gonzalo Pineda is going to take up with his squad, either at halftime of this or since then, and and maybe on the flight down to Mexico, there were some conversations about it. But Juan Oparata comes sliding over, but gets caught a little bit in no man's land because he doesn't really help Gutman with a double team. But by sliding over, he gets eliminated from the play. Everybody else is trying to make up for it. McGrath is free on the cross from Rodriguez. And it's 3-3 at halftime, which uh, was crazy for the first 45 minutes. Second 45, both teams completely changed their whole 11. Um, Atlanta United controlled the second 45, played very, very well. They didn't get a goal to show for it. It felt like it was coming. They had more shots, more chances, more quality in the second 45, but unable to find the breakthrough, and it finished 3-3. Here's what Gonzalo Pineda said first in the post-game media availability, just his general reaction to the game and thoughts on how everything turned out. Uh, There were some good things. Uh, We were working specifically on the the defensive side of things, and, and we didn't show well. So obviously we will correct that. We talk about that already in the locker room. Um, but there were some also good things. I think in attack we, we had some 
different type of movements that I wanted to see uh, with a different setup and some of those were successful. We need to do that more fre frequently, but uh, somehow happy with the attacking side in some ways, but not happy with the defending side. And then um, happy for Luis. I think it's important for him, and and you know uh, he he really wants to show a different face this year. And, and starting like this in a preseason game is, is good for him. That last part is key because Luis Araujo had a good start to preseason last year. Had a good start to the regular season, at least in the first game before he was injured. Maybe this year we'll find out what a good preseason can turn into for Luis Araujo for an extended period of time. It's essential because I felt like this the last maybe two months of 2022, Luis did so many of the right things in terms of that defending like we saw on the first goal. Uh, he or The second goal he scored after the penalty, first goal from the run of play. Just like the, the movement that he made into good spots, dangerous spots, getting opportunities late last season, but not finishing. Getting a couple of goals. Yes, one's a penalty. Yes, one's from a turnover that he created. Yes, these things are true. But building some confidence as a goal scorer is so key for Luis Araujo in 2023. Here's a little bit from Gonzalo on how he wanted the team to build up the play. Mentioned it a little bit in that first clip. Here's a little more detail about the build-up side of Atlanta United on Saturday. Uh, tactically, in the build-up, we tried to get Santi and Ivara together. And, and from there, Luis has more space on the inside channel. So Brooks is out wide. Um, and, and we tried to put that uh, connection of Luis, Thiago in the middle with two midfielders here feeding balls in between the lines and with two airplanes on the flank trying to run in behind. Um, and obviously the integration of the nine uh, in certain plays coming to show. I think Jackson did well in a few. He had good ideas. The, the execution was bad, but but he showed in the right pocket. And uh, yeah, it will get better. It's only three weeks into the preseason. Okay, I want to dig into this just a little bit more here in, in this first segment. You'll hear from Pineda a little bit more in the second segment of tonight's show. That buildup, he talked about those airplanes, the, the speed out wide. When Atlanta United looked good in the buildup in this match, and I, we get hung up on formations and what we want to call it, and, and we really need to stop that. We need to look at how a team defends and how a team attacks because it's separate. It looks different. It, it's not the same shape. You can say it's a 4-3-3. We call it a 4-2-3-1 or a 4-1-4-1, whatever we want to call it. All that's fine. That's not how you defend, and that's not how you attack. That's how you stand at the kickoff when they built up the play because that, that's what gonzalo said last that we're, we're talking about here a lot of times it looked like a two the two center backs a three the three midfielders and a five in front with the fullbacks out wide sometimes tucking in the wingers sometimes tucking in out wide a line of five up front sometimes it looked more like a three two five that flexibility is really key, and that's something the team will build. They're going to play with that a little bit here in the preseason because teams will try to make it difficult for Atlanta to find Santiago Sosa. That's who they want to play through. That's who they want to build to. He's the most comfortable on the ball. He's the most comfortable hitting those long diagonals, opening the play up. Teams will try to take that away. How Atlanta United is able to shift, sometimes in a 2-3-5 to build up, 
sometimes in a 3-2-5 to build up. How they adjust will be so, so key to how they create chances in 2023. We're going to dig deeper into this. We're going to bounce around MLS, take a look at the silly season calendar, and see what level of ridiculousness we have reached at this point. You're listening to Atlanta Soccer tonight on 92.9 The Game and the Odyssey app. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Back to more of Atlanta Soccer Tonight with Jason Longshore. On Sports Radio 92.9, the game. Welcome back, Atlanta Soccer Tonight. Late night, Atlanta. 92.9, the game and the Odyssey app. Late night soccer talk feels like pirate radio at this stage. Let's dig in a little bit deeper to Atlanta and Chattanooga from the weekend, and we'll get caught up on some silly season rumor and innuendo. A couple more clips from Gonzalo Pineda that I wanted to touch on after the match. This one about the competition for spots in his 11. A little bit, yeah. I'm thinking on everything. Probably I will be rotating throughout the preseason, the kind of the starting lineups and that, and I, I will try to see different things. I still don't have a best 11 for the season, so I need to figure out this competition. There are spots uh, that are very open for competition, and we'll see who, who shows better in, in, in the next few games. So a couple of thoughts on that. We know that there's some additions that are likely showing up here soon. We'll talk about that here in a minute. That will affect that that best 11. We, We know that. That part's not a surprise. But where the other parts of competition could be is interesting in, in the sense that the back line we saw in Chattanooga with Andrew Gutman on the left, Brooks Lennon on the right, Juan Oparata and Miles Robinson at center back, I could easily see that on opening day. 
that that feels stable and, and solid to me. Brad Gazan and goal, no worries there. Santiago Sosa, we know he's going to miss a couple of games early on, but as your starter as the six in the season, yeah, I think that's the the case. And Tiago Almada, when he is healthy, of course he's going to start. Luis Araujo, a starter. Derek Etienne Jr., I would assume, is a starter on the flank when he is fully ready to go. It's the other midfield spot that gets interesting. Now, in this game, we saw Sosa, we saw Ibarra, and we saw Hosechu all start in the central midfield. It wasn't set up to be that way initially. Sosa was going to play with the second group. Ibarra was going to play as the number six in this one. And Almada was expected to start. So everything kind of shifted a little bit with this group. But you've got a Marsadich who is going to factor into this group as well when he is fully ready to, to be integrated into the team. Osvaldo Alonso will be pushing to get into that spot as well. So this gets interesting in the midfield because when you talk about build-up play, there's a big difference between Hosechu, Ibarra, Sadich in, in terms of technical ability on the ball, picking out that pass. When you talk defensively, there's a big difference between those three as well. Ibarra, great defensively. He's, he's a ball winner. He's going to go find the ball. He's going to win tackles. He's going to be aggressive. He's going to be physical. On the ball, not at the same level as Hosechu, in my opinion, and, and not quite at the same level as Sadich, who, who is more of the all-arounder. Hosechu doesn't give you as much defensively. Sadich, again, is the, the in-between the two. And Ibarra, the best of the defensive side of it. So how that looks, and maybe it, it it's a little bit of it looks different for each opponent as we get into this season. Whatever the opponents can threaten you with, you might need to counteract. Sometimes you might need to be a little more defensive in the middle of the park. Sometimes you're going to be on the ball a lot more. Maybe you want that extra passer in the middle. Sometimes it's a little 50-50. Maybe that, that lends itself to Sadich. It's going to be interesting. Chemistry will be a big part of this as well. Once you get those pieces together, you have to see how it's going to play over a couple of games. Preseason will be very interesting. I can't wait to see the lineups against Atlante and Cruz Azul in these next two games. Last clip from Gonzalo Pineda from Saturday. This is about the second group that played the second 45 that I thought was very good. Outplayed Chattanooga's second group, which was almost all trialists. But a lot of academy kids five teenagers in the second 11 for Atlanta United. Here are Gonzalo Pineda's thoughts on that group. Yes, honestly, uh, I was telling my coaching staff that after the first half, I was I was upset. Uh, but the kids put me in a good mood just by their, their good actions, their good uh, tactical awareness, discipline. But also what I was telling them is, is the hunger. The hunger that the academy kids always remind all us, all of us professionals, is that passion of really, they really want to succeed. They really want a spot in the Atlanta United first team. So they are showing character, personality, relentless movement. And one of those you mentioned is Luke Brennan, right? I was telling good things the other day about him and his runs in behind. And uh, today showed very well again. I'm very happy with that. Ronald, for me, was the leader of that group. You know, the more veteran out of that group. Quentin, of course, but he was a field player. And 
and, and Ronald showed very well. I think Firmino and Carton understood that role of two midfielders there and were dictating the tempo, the pockets of space occupied by Brennan and, and Tyler Young. What you mentioned about uh, Noah, we know he's a fantastic defender. Uh, on the one-on-one, it's, it's difficult for any player to, to go by him. Uh, he needs to do better on the build-up, and, and that's probably the next step. And a couple of the angles, but he's a very talented centre-back that we have a lot of hopes for him in the future for Atlanta United. So I think uh, the kids did very well. Let's work from the back to the front with the second group. Noah Cobb was who Gonzalo Pineda was talking about at the end of that. 17 years old. Um 26 games for Atlanta United to last year, 11 games as a 15 slash 16 year old the year before. That's a good bit of experience at the professional level. And it's kind of funny how his progression has went. When he came in, he was the passer out of that group. Last year, defensively, I thought he improved a whole lot. And passing, he's, I think he's trying to find how much risk he can take in playing out of the back. And for somebody who's a a confident player, somebody who is good on the ball, like Noah Cobb, but young, he's got to find his comfort level there. And that's something that they need to work with. And that's something that he needs to work on. And it's something that he's in a good spot because he's not going to be expected to start every game. uh, If a third center back comes in, which is something we're going to talk about next. Noah would then be the fourth center back out of the group and he would play some and they're going to try to find opportunities for him to play to continue his development, but he's also not thrown in at the deep end. So I like where Noah Cobb is. I thought he played well defensively. I thought he played very, very well. The central midfielders, Nick Firmino and Alan Carlton in this one, both I know made the trip to Mexico. Uh, Players have posted pictures of uh, team dinner tonight monday night and it was nick firmino's birthday so celebrating that happy birthday to nick firmino but firmino and carlton played together at least for i think 11 or 12 games with atlanta united two last year so they knew each other and they had chemistry and they were able to connect the dots they played that role very very well i thought alan carlton has looked very good every time i've seen a training session so far he's been very impressive still growing an academy player He's an interesting prospect, a very interesting prospect, probably a year away from a professional deal, but maybe not. He might be able to close that gap faster. David Mejia came in on the left flank in the second 45, tried to make things happen, running at players. He had opportunities. I thought he was going to create either the winner or scored himself. Very good from him and Luke Brennan on the flanks. They, They took their opportunities and made things happen. I was really impressed with two young players. Tyler Young was another one that Gonzalo Pineda mentioned. He's the draft pick out of Campbell. Second round pick, only draft pick who comes in. He's not under contract right now. I liked what I saw from Tyler Young. I I liked, I I thought he had the, the physicality to play at this level. He's got some savvy to him. I I liked his passing. I liked the weight of his passes. I liked his movement. I, I thought Tyler Young showed a lot. Is he ready to play first team minutes? Probably not. But is he ready to play second team minutes and maybe turn into a first team player? Based on 45 minutes and seeing some of him in college, yes, I'd love to see him get more time and see what he can turn into. Remember, Aiden McFadden was a third round pick. 
And he's an important part of the back line now, a utility fullback who played on the left side in the second 45 in Chattanooga. So all in all, it was a productive day. The scoreboard doesn't look productive, except the offensive end does. The defensive end is not good. But it was a productive day because young players got minutes. Miles Robinson got back on the field. Brad Gazan got back on the field. Productive day, sets a baseline. Now the team is in Mexico. They prepare for a match on February 4th against Atlante, a second division team in Mexico, uh, one of the older clubs in Mexico, very proud club that has first division ambitions. That's going to be an interesting one on the 4th. And then Cruz Azul on February 8th. I would assume that it'll be a very mixed squad with Cruz Azul. First team guys who haven't played a whole lot so far this season, some of their U-20s and maybe even some of their, their U-18s who get that opportunity on February 8th. Very competitive, but a, a more of a mixed bag team. The Atlante team will be a solid team that plays together. I think you'll see their first team guys play a good bit, maybe not the full 90, but at least into the second half. We saw that with Celaya last year in preseason. Let's get caught up on the silly season when it comes to Atlanta United, because this is important with two players that since we last spoke have been linked with moves that are looking more likely at this stage. And this is all reporting and nothing's permanent until it's announced by Atlanta United. Don't ever get that twisted. But Yorgos Yakimakis and Luis Abram. Let's start with Yakimakis. Reports out of Scotland today are that Atlanta United has agreed to a deal with Celtic for him. Now, initially Celtic wanted a full transfer. Atlanta United wanted to do a loan with a purchase obligation. So put the, the transfer fee down the line a little bit. Looks like the full transfer is what's going to happen. According to reports, and I've seen more reports on the lower end of this scale, initial fee around 3.8 to 4.3 million with around a million dollars in potential add-ons. That would make him a designated player unless they can get really creative with the math. Yakumakis, 26 goals in 57 games in all competitions for Celtic. That followed a monster year in the Eredivisie in the Netherlands with VVV Venlo. Scored 29 goals in 33 games in all competitions there. So you add that up, that's 55 goals in 90 matches in all competitions since August of 2020. That's big time. And a little bit of a late bloomer, yes. But he was bouncing around clubs in Greece, in Europe. It was at Venlo that he really started to show something. And then it was at Celtic that he showed even more at a higher level and showed a lot of movement off the ball and defensively. And that's something that will be very important to fit into Atlanta United. Two goals and 11 caps for Greece as well for Yakimakis, 28 years old. Luis Abram. Jorge Castillo is a journalist out of Lima, Peru. He's reporting that there is a deal now in place with Atlanta United and Granada in Spain for Abram. It's going to cost the five stripes around $325,000. Abram spent the entire 2022 calendar year on loan with Cruz Azul in Liga MX. Played 38 games in all competitions. That's the majority of Cruz Azul's matches. Played in CONCACAF Champions League. Played in the playoffs in Mexico and the Liguilla. He's probably best known for his time between 2018 and 21 when he played for Vélez Sarsfield in Argentina. He played next to a former Atlanta United target in Naltaro Giannetti. 
developed at Sporting Cristal in Peru. Abram has 33 caps for Peru. He's a little bit younger than Yakimakis, 26 years old. He's a lefty. Yakimakis would step right into the, the lineup as the number nine as soon as he is ready to go, in my opinion. That's, that's nothing to dismiss Jackson Conway. Two different pedigrees here. Abram, I don't think he is a locked-in starter straight away. I think he provides a lot of competition for Juan Parata and for Miles Robinson. I think you have three then center backs who are all capable starters at this level, and you can play three in the back when you want to do that, and you have Noah Cobb in reserve, but you also have the ability to have competition for spots, and that's something Gonzalo Pineda will want in this team. You don't want complacency. You want players to have to bring it Every match, every time they come off the bench, and every time they hit the training pitch. When you have competition for spots, you get that. And that's what these two moves would help create. They'd solve the number nine issue. They'd give you more competition at center back to go along with that competition in the central midfield that we just talked about. Not done yet, but looking better for both of these moves to get done for Atlanta United. Coming up next, three local stories, four world headlines, three things that make me smile about the game. The 343 up next in about three minutes on 929 the game and the Odyssey app. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. It's time to wrap up tonight's show with the 343. Three, four. Three. Three local stories, four headlines from around the world, and three things that made you smile about the game. Atlanta Soccer Tonight is on Sports Radio 92.9, the game. Welcome back, Atlanta Soccer Tonight. Time for the 343. Three local stories you need to know. Four headlines from around the world. Three things that make me smile about this game that we all love so much. Let's start with the three local stories. Number one, Paulo Neto, Atlanta United's EMLS star. He won his second straight EMLS trophy yesterday in League Series 1. The final, he wins 9-1 over two legs. Just completely dominant to the point that the commentators are, are talking about sportsmanship at one point. The thing I like about Paulo, and I'm a complete neophyte when it comes into like competitive FIFA, I play, I'm not very good. Uh, but the thing I like about Paolo is he's not just like hitting skill moves with Cristiano Ronaldo or Lionel Messi and, and flying past people. He plays FIFA like a good soccer team plays. He's knocking the ball around. He's trying to create the opening. He's trying to create space. Very, very cool to see Paolo Neto just killing it for Atlanta United on the EMLS side. Back-to-back -back trophies for Paolo. 
Number two, mentioned him in the first segment. Got to mention him again. Fabian Rodriguez of Chattanooga FC. Dalton High School star won two high school state championships at Dalton. He was outstanding in the first 45 minutes against Atlanta United. 20 years old, signed a pro deal with Chattanooga FC last summer after playing with him as an amateur before that. He is one to watch. He is definitely one to watch. And I've seen him before. He's taken a big step up, I think, in terms of confidence and ability and maybe physicality as much as anything. He's gotten faster. He's gotten stronger. And that's that stuff at the next level that you just have to have. Fabian Rodriguez will play at a higher level. It's not to dismiss Chattanooga FC and where they are. Third division professional. These are guys making a living play in the game. Fabian Rodriguez has big, big potential. Keep an eye on him. And if you get a chance to go watch Chattanooga FC at Finley Stadium, it's a great place to catch a game. And Fabian Rodriguez is a great talent to watch. Number three on the local stories, make sure you're following at Georgia Soccer, the Georgia State Soccer Association. All the updated courses and things that you can learn more about the game. There's some coaching courses coming up this weekend in Milton and Dunwoody. Grassroots coaching courses. If you're wanting to coach your kids down the line, if you just want to learn a little bit more about the game and about the coaching side of it, you can go to learning.ussoccer.com and look at the coaching courses near you. But coming up this weekend, courses in Milton and Dunwoody. Follow at Georgia Soccer. You'll get caught up on all of these things. Referee courses as well. We need more referees in the game at the youth levels, at the school levels, big time. But we also need trained coaches at the youth levels. Georgia Soccer can hook you up on all of that. Four headlines from around the world, and there's so many things to choose from. Here's the four I went with tonight. Number one, silly season deadline day in Europe. Not in MLS. You can still add players after tomorrow in MLS. In Europe, 6 p.m. Eastern time is the deadline for most leagues, not all. Turkey has a later deadline, and they're potentially going to bring some players in from MLS. Not linked to Atlanta United, but keep that in mind. The big one to watch is Enzo Fernandez to Chelsea. He's at Benfica right now. If you listen to the show during the World Cup, we told you about Enzo Fernandez before he was even a starter for the Argentine national team and he became the young player of the World Cup. And now he's at the point that Chelsea keeps throwing more buckets of money at Benfica to try to get him right now. The release clause, if you pay the release clause, he's your player. $148 million approximately. They're talking about paying that tomorrow. I love Enzo Fernandez as a player. Again, we told you about him before most people knew who he was. $148 million for him at this stage of his career is absolute insanity. Todd Bowley has lost his mind since taking over Chelsea with the amount of money he's spending. Chelsea's reportedly offered the amount that equals the release clause, just not all up front in installments. That doesn't trigger the release. Benfica might take it. They might say. We want that check to clear for $148 million before we let him go. That's one to watch tomorrow. Because if they don't get Fernandez, they might go get Moises Caicedo for, I don't know, $80, $90 million. Todd Bowley's good for it, I guess. Number two on the headlines around the world, Sean Dyche, new manager of Everton. They are currently in the relegation zone in 19th. 
but 14th through 20th in the Premier League, separated by only three points. That's a lot of teams separated by one win in the standings. Everton is the second worst offensive team in the league. Sean Dyche and his teams at Burnley were not really known for being attack-minded, so I don't expect that to really change. This is going to be an Everton team that doesn't score a lot of goals. Uh, they were good defensively, and Everton's not bad defensively, even though Frank Lampard got a, a lot of stick about that. They're not bad defensively. They're just they're offensively challenged. Here's the thing about Sean Dyche, and this is what bugs me uh, about this hire. He is a relegation master. You have a, a group of coaches like this, and Dyche did it at one club. He hasn't bounced around doing this, so maybe he is somebody who can grow into to more. But you have a group of coaches that they go into problems. They're, they're like the wolf from Pulp Fiction. They go in and fix problems. They don't actually make things much better. They just get you out of the problem that you're in. Sean Dyche did that at Burnley a lot. But he didn't get Burnley consistently to another level. They had one great year. They played in Europe the next year. That's great. Everton, I don't know, has historically felt like they're a bigger club than a relegation battler. They hired Sean Dyche to a two-and-a-half-year deal. Can he be more than a relegation battling guy? next year if they stay up if they don't stay up they're probably going to try to find a way out of that deal or they've got a, a an escape hatch in the, the contract can he be more than just somebody who's fighting in the bottom five spots in the league ah I, I haven't seen it yet but everton is a bigger club than burnley maybe might be wrong who knows we'll see i was a little surprised by that and the the hire didn't feel like it matched the club to me Let's stay in the same city in England for number three, Liverpool. Whew. They were knocked out of the FA Cup by Brighton, so we will have a new FA Cup champion this season. They've only won one of their last six in all competitions. They're ninth place in the Premier League. This was their second loss to Brighton in the last two weeks. Brighton has been great. They were great under Graham Potter. That got him the job at Chelsea. They've been maybe even better under Deservey, the new manager. But again, Liverpool, Brighton, we're generally talking about different area codes here and, and where they are in the table, and that's been reversed this year. So it's not looking good for Liverpool at the moment. Their next match is at Wolves next weekend. They drew 2-2 with Wolves at Anfield on January 7th. They won the replay of that January 17th at Wolves. That's their one win in the last six. After that game, <laughs> it's Liverpool hosting Everton on February 13th. That could be the most miserable derby between these two teams that we've seen in a long, long time. If Liverpool doesn't right the ship against Wolves and Everton keeps being Everton like they've been in 2023. Ugly. Ugly. Number four on the headlines, CONCACAF and CONMEBOL partnership. It was announced on Friday. I absolutely love this setup. Copa America 2024. It'll be like the Copa America Centenario that we saw in 2016. Ten South American teams, six North American teams, North American and Central American and Caribbean. Qualifying will go through the CONCACAF Nations League for the CONCACAF teams. That's really good. It's great for the U.S., Mexico, and Canada getting competitive games. 
It's even better for the women's national teams, especially from CONMEBOL. The top four CONMEBOL teams from South America will participate in the 2024 CONCACAF W Gold Cup, the inaugural edition of the Women's Gold Cup. Twelve teams, eight from CONCACAF, four from CONMEBOL. That is excellent for both sides. More competitive, but it's great for the South American teams where they get good competition against the U.S., against Canada, against Jamaica. Some very, very good teams. That's not even all. CONMEBOL and CONCACAF will have a Final Four Super Cup kind of a deal. The Inter-American Cup is something they had in the past. Two teams from CONMEBOL, two teams from CONCACAF. These are club teams that will play in some kind of competition for a trophy in 2024. That's pretty cool. It might be the Libertadores winner and the Sudamericana winner and the two finalists from the CONCACAF Champions League. That's going to be super cool. I love this partnership with UEFA being incredibly powerful across the pond. It makes sense for CONCACAF and CONMEBOL to work together to grow the game in this hemisphere. Three things that make me smile about the game before we go. Number one, I mentioned Moises Caicedo earlier. He's on the verge of somewhere between a 65 to $90 million move. Arsenal is the team he's been linked to the most. Chelsea might come in and throw cash around because Todd Bowley might be crazy at the moment. Moises Caicedo said this on social media. Some people tried to make this a bad thing. Moises Caicedo on, on social media said, I am the youngest of 10 siblings from a poor upbringing in Santo Domingo in Ecuador. My dream is to always be the most decorated player in the history of Ecuador. I am proud to be able to bring in a record transfer fee at Brighton, which would allow them to reinvest it and help the club continue to be successful. There are pundits trying to twist Moises Caicedo into being a villain for saying he's ready to go. That's crazy. This is a life-changing move for Moises Caicedo and his entire family and maybe even all of Ecuadorian soccer. So go get that money, Moises. And yes, Brighton, if you can get that much money, you're going to be just, just fine. Moises Caicedo is an amazing player. I love him as a player. I love that this could change his life and change his family's life for generations to come. Number two on the things that made me smile in the last week you didn't have a chance to watch Wrexham in the FA Cup yesterday, Ryan Reynolds might have lost his mind <laughs> watching his Wrexham in the game against Sheffield United. It was a roller coaster game. It's what we love about this. And I don't know if he's experienced this kind of stuff yet with Wrexham to that degree. That's the game that'll hook you for life. It's back and forth. It's topsy-turvy. They didn't lose. They have to go in a replay now. And if Wrexham can go to Sheffield and beat the Blades in the replay, Wrexham will host Tottenham in the next round of the FA Cup. How insane would that be? Wrexham looked really good. They can go to Sheffield and beat Sheffield United. They absolutely can. They've got to maybe play a perfect game, but they are capable of it. Last one that made me smile, and this happened today, Mundo Deportivo, an outlet in believe in Spain, uh, did an interview with Lionel Messi. It came out today. It's been all over the place. It was the first interview Messi did since the World Cup. He talked about everything. But when he was asked what he would tell young Leo in his childhood, what he would tell him about what was to come, he said, you will have a beautiful path with some tough moments that you'll have to overcome, but never give your dreams away because in the end, you will get your most desired reward. Your film will have a happy ending. That's amazing stuff. Lionel Messi winning the World Cup. 
is just one of those great things that sometimes you don't get the happy ending. Lionel Messi has had it. Argentina had it. And that's what we all hope for in this game, right? That's what we're all looking for. That's what I love about it. Thanks for hanging out with me tonight. You're going to be able to join Mike Conti and me for stoppage time Wednesday afternoon at 2 o'clock on the 92.9 The Game Facebook page. Come back next Monday, a lot earlier this time, 11 p.m., another edition of Atlanta Soccer tonight. Thanks for checking us out. Adios, everybody. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.